Have a few minutes? You won't believe what you can do with it. Open a Regions checking account online in as little as five minutes. Then enjoy award-winning service and banking tools and tech that help you live in the moment. Learn more at regions.com slash live in the moment. Regions Bank, member FDIC. Live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio, inside the Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel, it's time for Regions Business Radio. Regions Business Radio is presented by Regions Bank. Brave the beginning, member FDIC. Now, here's your host, J.D. Mueller. And thank you, Mike Salmon. Welcome to Regions Business Radio. I love every episode we get to do and the people that we get to interact with. I'm really excited about today with my new friend Jason Moss with the Georgia Manufacturing Alliance. I'm going to introduce him momentarily. But as usual, let me kick it off with just a little, some opening thoughts and comments. And we, as we record this, we're heading into the summer of 2022. There is a lot going on in the world. There's a lot going on in business. In regard to bank, in regards to banking, I was looking at a proposal that we put out just earlier this week for a line of credit and I knew that prime had been increased because the Fed funds rate had been increased by 50 basis points. But when you start to see that on interest rates of lines of credit, you begin to realize rates are going up. Rates increasing, the balance sheet still strong with cash is very interesting. Not a, not a lot of loan demand out there that we're seeing. And then too, with consolidation in the banking world, we see a lot of customers, a lot of clients, a lot of prospects out there that are rightfully I think, remaining steadfast in their banking relationship. But I'd be remiss if I didn't say, if something is a little off in your banking relationship or if something's changed and you need a, another look, then call my team at Regions. You can reach me at uh, 770-503-2020. That's my Gainesville office, but we cover uh, all of Northeast Georgia, especially Gwinnett. I am, as I said before, I'm extremely excited to talk to Jason Moss with Georgia Manufacturing Alliance. There's so many things that we can talk about. We've already had, I don't know, 20 minutes of conversation and connecting. But, uh, Jason, thank you for joining us. Tell us about the Georgia Manufacturing Alliance. Man, I am honored to be here today with you and, and chatting a little bit about manufacturing. That's what that's what we're based on is really we founded this organization back in 2008 with the sole purpose to help support and grow manufacturing across the state of Georgia. Mm. And we do that typically. We do that through hosting plant tours okay. net, and we do networking events and educational sessions now pre-covid we were doing about 120 live events a year oh wow and that's a lot do the math that's a lot yeah 120 events a year is a ton Mm. and we were having a blast doing it and then covid showed up and had the opportunity to do some changes and make some (laughs) modifications and learned a lot about what what the industry is about and i was really impressed with how resilient the industry Mm. is and the way that the way that really smart people came up with great solutions to tough problems. And that's what I get to see every time I walk through a factory or meet with an industry leader is to watch and see how they're able to make those changes. And again, the word of the year, pivot, right? Yes. But but that was one of the really fun things. I believe we got to find the best in any situation. Amen. And I could do better at that, by the way. Sometimes it's tough. Sometimes you got to dig, dig pretty deep. To the go back to so you started in two thousand and eight. My so that gosh, was a what perfect a, timing. What a time to yeah. start something like genius. This. Honestly, I get that feedback quite a bit, and 
you know, I, I think that this was given to me as a gift, and, and it was up to me to do something with it. Mm. And look, give you a little background, a okay. little, little Jason background. Okay. Graduated from Henry County High School in 1987. Okay. And 89, I went into the Air Force, and I was loading bombs on F-16s. Now, that sounds pretty cool. That was pretty cool, but probably not the best career move. There wasn't a lot of demand for that. I tried to work something out with Delta to take out Eastern quick, but it didn't quite work That's out. That's hilarious. But, so there wasn't, like I said, there wasn't a lot of demand for that on the outside, so I ended up getting into, getting into the CAD industry. Okay. And took some classes here at Gwinnett Tech, and it was really neat to see how that, that came together. I'd never even taken a drafting class. Okay. I sat down the first night behind AutoCAD Release 11 and started drawing lines on the computer, and I'm like, I am in love. <laughs> I took every class that they had. I ended up teaching that at Gwinnett no Tech way. for a couple of years. And, and it was really neat to see how that progressed and got some job, got, got a couple positions in the space. But I found out that I got a little too much gypsy in my blood to sit behind a desk. <laughs> I got to be going, right? Yeah, I got to okay. be rolling. And so I ended up getting into software sales. So I got I was selling AutoCAD software. Okay, makes sense. Eventually grew what is, it. What does CAD stand CAD for? CAD is computer-aided design. Okay. So it was using a computer to draw lines okay. effectively. That's right. what it was initially. And then, then they developed 3D CAD, actually modeling, 3D modeling. And I got into a product called SolidWorks. And SolidWorks, AutoCAD was really primarily for the architectural world. Okay. And SolidWorks was for product design. Interesting. So it's a different space. And, and when I got into the SolidWorks, I got working with manufacturers. Okay. Got, that sort of, that was the lead that got me connected in that space. Gotcha. And it was fun to, to make that transition and get into that world, got into the, yeah, yeah. So Late this 90s, was, early yeah, 2000. 99, 2000. Okay. Uh, again, perfect. Some really fun timing. <clears throat> Yeah, I am picking them, baby. And I did that for a couple of years, and I fell in love with business to business networking. Yeah, okay. Right? Yes. So I figured out that was that was something that was interesting to do. Well, let me take a step back. So I did software sales, ninety nine, two thousand. Then I took about a seven year sabbatical from that. And a lot of the folks in Gwinnett know me from my network marketing days. So I was into home-based businesses and network marketing and, okay. and that kind of thing. And in the process, I learned about business-to-business networking, Chamber okay. of Commerce. Mm-hmm. I became a member. I walked in the first time. I'll never forget. Some of the leadership in that network marketing stuff said, you need to get out in your community, and you need to go to the Chamber of Commerce. And I didn't know what the Chamber of Commerce was, honestly. <laughs> I showed up the first day, and there's 150 people in the room. I'm like, man, these cats all going to buy my juice for the end of the day. <laughs> I was like, and we have we have struck gold. <laughs> so man, I got them all hemmed up. I was passing out cards fast as I could go. And now, what I, were you selling? I was a company called Cyberwise. So we had a nutritional line, and then we had a Sandy a tax program, and then we had a travel agency. But that gum, you could sell everybody. So anything. you could sell something to somebody, right? These cats ain't gonna get out of here alive. Somebody writing some checks today. But but I'm like, we're gonna do this thing, and and I was really excited to see how nice people were to me in the front of the room as I was handing them my card because I was passing them out. Jack. Oh, yeah. And as I walked out the door, I looked in the trash can and all my cards were laying right there in that trash can. I was like, maybe I didn't do that quite right. A recycling? You just started a recycling <laughs> Picked them dudes back up, stuck them back in my pocket. We're going to try this again next week. we figure out another way to make this thing work. We've See, all done it. We've yeah. all, I think everybody's done it. The yeah. first time you go to a network thing, you're you're scared to death because you got 30 seconds and you got to talk and you're like holy crap they're going to uh-huh. call on me next and i don't know what to say 
but I think there ought to be I think there ought to be a, a business networking training for everybody that ever goes to school, right? Yeah. These guys, yeah. if you're going to go to the chambers, and I love the chamber mm-hmm. because I cut my teeth in that space, and they're wonderful people, and, yep. Amen. and unbelievably beneficial to the community. But if you're focused on selling the room the first time, <laughs> probably not real wise. But but I was like, there's got to be a way to figure this out. I'm going to yeah. work through this, and and so so I, I was blessed to get connected with a couple of people and said probably won't, don't want to start off that way. You might want to you know <laughs> soften, soften the yeah. intro just a little bit. But but That's, it was really it's just real, man. Hey, my name is Jason. How many do you want? Yeah, yeah. Would you like a case? Right. <laughs> I had this buddy that was selling. You said juice, and uh, some time ago there was there was a bottle of stuff, and mm-hmm. it was some sort of thing, and, mm-hmm. and uh, you just said anyway. Yeah, uh, and we acknowledge and appreciate. We all learn a variety of different lessons through that process, but. um but I fell in love with it. I was like, there's got to be a way for this to work. And eventually I figured out some systems and some approaches that were effective in a business-to-business networking environment. But I did. I really fell in love with the, the community, the manufacturer, the networking environment, PowerCore, BNI, Networking Works. If it was networking in Gwinnett County, I did it. I'm like, I'm going to figure this out. Okay. And okay. so I took every – I went to – because you can go to 30 of them a month and never touch the same one twice That's in right. Gwinnett County, especially during that time. So I tried a lot, learned a little bit about the networking, got a little more effective at it, and I I was able to coach that through some of my team. And I had a a team of people all across the country. I built an organization of about 4,500 people nationwide. Oh, dang. And and so I'm relatively successful at it. Yeah. Pretty stubborn. If I get on something, I'm going to figure out a way to make it happen. But but put that organization together, and I'd be my, now my wife was not a big fan. <clears throat> Matter of fact, she hated network marketing. She did would I mean, so I was out fighting the dragon outside, and I'd come home and get to <clears throat> enjoy a little of that too. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. It was just not her thing, and uh-huh. she didn't like to do it. And, and as I got a little more successful at it, I'd, I'd be the guy to come in and do the weekend seminars. Okay, okay. And my wife was like, "You people will fly you in and pay you to speak." Yeah, amen. Rock on. And I'm like, yes. She said, well, I'd pay you to sit down and shut up all weekend. (laughs) I looked at her, and I'm like, they pay better, so I'm going to go do that. And so that's what I did. But the lessons that I learned in the process of that, now, when that company went away, and and they do sometimes, I got my T-shirt. I'll never do one of those again. I'm thankful for the lessons that Mm. I learned. It was very valuable. Can I ask you this as a leader? As a builder of organizations in the past, and it's a leadership principle, if you compare the what you learned in the hard times compared mm-hmm. to what you learned in the good times, or said another way, how valuable were the lessons that you learned in failure compared to the lessons that you learned in success? You learn a lot faster with a black eye, mm-hmm. I have found, and a bloody nose. You pick it up, and you learn those lessons solid. You don't repeat those often. Mm-hmm. And, and when times are tough, and that's part of the thing, when that company went away, I had to get back into doing something that I knew how to do. So I hopped back in the into software sales okay right now okay. again perfect timing 2008 getting back into software sales was into seven is when i got back into sales oh and then gosh. the first february of 08 was my kickoff meeting oh no and i was it was again it was a divine thing i am convinced it was given to me because mm-hmm. i don't think it could have ever happened in a different area mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. of the concentration of manufacturers or at a different time. And let me tell you why. Okay. So manufacturers up until that point, they had never had to go out and market themselves. 
especially mom and pop machine shops. Okay. If you got a mill and a lathe and a phone, you had all the business that you needed to do. And these guys had never had to go out and attract new business. And we knew what was going on in 2008, and it was hitting the fan. And in these guys, it was really neat to see the timing on it because a lot of the guys that stepped up. Now, I kicked this thing out. I came up with the idea in December, and I'm like, I knew how powerful networking was in in network marketing. Right, right, Business right. to business networking. So December of 07. So this was December of 07. February, I, I made, start, started my first calls in January of 08. In February of 08, we had our first meeting. We had 16 people, hotel just right up the road in a conference room. And I gathered these folks together. Now, there was a lot of machine shops that I had worked with in the past. Right, okay. And so I invited these guys in. Now, there was 12 machine shop owners in the Gwinnett area okay. that all knew of each other. Most of them had never been in the same room with really? each other. And they all saw, dude, it was competition. Yeah. Covering. It was wall to wall. And I had everybody announce themselves. Okay. And it was really weird because the attention was so thick you could cut it because with a knife. Because they, they knew they of were, each other. They, they were, were competitors. competitors right. Yeah. They are like, why am I in this room Ooh, yeah. with my competitor and mm-hmm. I'm trying to grow my business and make connections. Attention was so nice, uh, so thick in that room you cut it with a knife. So yep. I did. I sliced it up and handed everybody a piece. I said, listen, guys, <laughs> of course, we got to talk through this. Let me explain. I believe that, and at the time it was interesting as we were going through the conversation, I said, I believe that we're headed to some tough times or could be mm-hmm. economically. Yep. Who in here has exactly the same equipment? Y'all know each other. Y'all know what y'all yep. are capable of. Who in here has got exactly the same equipment? Nobody. Nobody. Yeah. I said, even if you did, who in here has the same knowledge and experience in industry? Yep. Nobody. I said, now, has there ever been any time that you had machines sitting idle where you weren't, where they weren't making money and you needed some additional work? All of them shaking their head. Yep. yep. And has there ever been any time that you had more work than you could do? Yep. And you're pushing up a deadline? Right. I said, if we, now trust me, I don't know, if we work together, I believe that we'll be able to put together a community that will be able to support each other through some tough times, and all of us will be able to take on bigger projects than any one of us would have taken on independently. I said, now if you'll just bring it and trust me on this thing, let's just do this thing. And it was like, you let the air out of the balloon. Right, in the yeah. room. And everybody okay. was just like, and then they got comfortable. And now they did get into the pizza and the beer, which helped. <laughs> Always. But we talked through it, and we said, and from then we ha- have had at least one live event every month since then, since February wow. of OS. And, again, we got up to where we're doing 10 or 12 a month. Dang. You know? And it's about building a community. And sadly, as we sit here today, mm-hmm. I think that a lot of the things that we saw back in 2007, 2008 – yeah, might be on the horizon for manufacturers. And not just manufacturers, I think the business community as a whole, if we work together and we share insights and share best practices and work together as a community and build relationships, that's the magic, man. This is a business and finance podcast. We don't, I am forbidden from going <laughs> off the rails a little bit. But maybe we could just take that idea that you had getting those 12 uh, machine shops in a room in a manufacturing world. Maybe we could just apply that to life in general and get a bunch of people in a room and realize that, hey, we may be competing in some cases, but in other cases we need each other. I I love that. I just I I, I love the idea that personally we're responsible for getting people in a room that otherwise would have never connected and put them on a journey together to help one another. 
if you're called to that, you will never, ever mm-hmm. have a lack of things to do when you connect people yep. like that. And you're a wonderful connector. Can do, the, those 12 original folk, or tw- those, let's mm-hmm. say those of the 16 at mm-hmm. the original meeting, the 12 machine shops, mm-hmm. are they still around? Several of them are still involved in GMA. So we went through some cycles and grew and made some modifications and the economy changed a little bit and we got to got up to 2011 and I had gotten out of software sales by this time. Oh, this was a full-time right. gig? No, this was just part-time. We were do, I was doing oh. a couple of days a month and that sort of thing. And, gotcha. And I looked and, you know, 2011 showed up and I decided I'd change stuff up a little bit. And what happened was these folks were gathering together it was working. We were mm-hmm. passing business. And since I didn't have a horse in the race, I didn't have any financial benefit from me being in the room and gathering these people together. I didn't have anything to sell them. I gathered my leaders together and I said, listen, either we're going to grow this thing or we're going to shut it down. I need to know if this has been beneficial. And several of the guys came to me and they said, had it not been for GMA, we would not be in business today. Come on. And I was like, Wow. Now, if we're having that kind of, I knew it was having some impact, but I had no idea. And then they started rattling off all the contracts and all the stuff they're doing because we don't track. And okay. some people tell me that I need to, but that's one of the things that I despised about other networking groups is it just didn't fit for me. But I was still committed to figure out how. I said, so if we're going to do it, we're going to grow it. And I went through the room and I had folks tell me, I said, so if we're going to do it, we need to grow. Because we had stagnated a little bit. And who do you know than manufacturing that manufactures a product that you can go pick up at Walmart or Home Depot in Georgia? Who makes stuff? Yep. And, and I said, I'm going to take whoever gives me the most out to dinner to a really nice restaurant. So everybody get your pens and paper out. This is not to share. Just go. Yep. And in about three or four minutes, to my surprise, everybody had laid their pencils down. Now, this is a room full of manufacturers and people that sold to manufacturers. Okay. 40 people in a room. Okay. And it got quiet. And I'm like, dude. I don't know where this is going. And I said, who in here's got the most over 10? Not a hand in the room. Who in here's got... uh, So how many do you think the most any one person had? Originally, I'd have said 15 or 20. But I'm guessing it's four. One dude had six. One guy had six. And I'm like, if this room, if this group of people mm-hmm. don't know what's being made in Georgia, how can we expect that the consumer yeah. on the street that's not even in the space to know what's being made here? Correct. There's something fundamentally wrong with this picture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's an education gap. On if we want products, if we want to live in a company that in a country that manufactures things, yeah. we got to know what those things are. Right. And so I went on a mission, man. I, I pivoted at that <laughs> point. I was like, it was like an aha. It, yeah. Some guys call it your hinge yeah. moment. Oh, you hinged I on that, like, and you, man. If these guys don't know what, how, how can we get the message out? And does it really matter? Yep, yep. yep. And so I started Rob Woodall, pretty close friend, and, and I reached out to him and I said, listen, I need to get a list of all the consumer products manufactured in Georgia, companies that make them. Hey, you'd think that'd be a pretty easy thing to do out of Washington, D.C., surely. And you're like, we don't track that. I'm like, no way. And he spent tons of time looking for it. And so I decided we're going to build a list. Okay. Because people want to buy stuff, but they got to know what to buy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we kicked off a, a campaign called Buy From Georgia. Okay. Right, to identify products that were made in Georgia. I like that. that. That was a lot of fun, and, and we did a Buy From Georgia trade show. It's called the Georgia Manufacturing Expo. Okay. Now, this was an expo, and it was open to consumers to attend. 
And I, it's my first trade. Now I'm a trade show junkie, man. I love trade shows. <laughs> I like being in the booth. I be like being around the I booth. I walk that. through the booth. I just, I love trade shows. Handing out those about, cards. Yeah, it's just, just passing them out, baby. <laughs> There's a connection, and I don't know why. But, but I was like, this trade show thing seems like a great idea. Well, why don't I just do one? Yeah. And, so uh-huh. I, and I can't just, let me just give you a little hint. Give yourself more than six months to get off trade. But oh, I, rent, no. I went and rented the whole Gwinnett Center. Oh my gosh! You got the whole thing. I had visions of grandeur, baby. I was like tens of thousands of people. You got to be the optimist, yeah, baby. Just stand back and watch. But but we ended up with we ended up with sixty or seventy exhibitors. It was it was a reasonable trade, and we had over a thousand people show up for a first year show in two thousand thirteen. Okay, and doing a trade show, getting a thousand folks walk through the doors in a first year trade show was yeah. I'm now in parts of groups, and they're like that is unheard of. With zero budget and doing it in six months. And again, it was a By gift. By the seat of your pants. You just, it was a gift. Yeah, I promise you. Uh-huh. I promise you. A thousand people, did they have to pay to attend? It was free to attend. Free to and attend. I, paid, but, I charged but, for the exhibitors, and I worked like a crazy man for six months. I, I mean, bet. it was 20 hours a day for six months. Dang. Plus all the other stuff that I was doing, running the association. and With this vision of this event, and you're going to put everybody right. in a room. And- yeah, and then I broke even. And I worked. It was insane. Dang. Worked like a crazy man for six months, nonstop. And it broke even. And now when I talk to the folks that are in the event business, they're like, breaking even on the first any of the first three years is great. That's a win. Dang. And I'm okay. like, not at my house. I was, I was like 10 grand upside down the week leading into the thing. And I'm like, I got to go home and explain to my wife that I'm working oh, like this. No. And I'm going to have to write a check to get out of it. Just not, I mean, Honey, it's going to be great. But again, it, it, was, it, it, it ended up working out. So we did the expo for 2013, 2014. And I was like, if I'm going to work this hard, i got to figure out a way to make money at it. Yeah, yeah. So we converted it to a pay event, but really designed it for the manufacturers. So it went from the Georgia Manufacturing Expo to the Georgia Manufacturing Summit. Okay. And, and so I love, again, the attendee went down. We ended up with a lot fewer exhibitors, did it over to Cobb Galleria. And, but there was a demand for it. Mm-hmm. And people really loved for the leaders to be able to get together and talk about best practices yeah. once a year. And so we ran that all the way up to – we were scheduled to have over a 1,000 people at the 2020 show. And I had already had all my booths sold, had my speakers lined up. It was all uh. set for September, and this was in February. And I did learn one very valuable lesson, that it's almost as hard to unwind a trade show. Oh, I bet. <laughs> just to put to one put together. together. Yeah. yeah. Because I got this thing in my terms and conditions that says, you give me money, I keep it. That's what it is. <laughs> but, fine print should always be reviewed. Yeah, that wasn't real fine. I wrote it pretty big. Okay, you know, I want to okay. make sure everybody but, – but we ended up – I mean, of course, we needed – we did everything that was right. I and mean, we settled up with everybody. Everybody yep. was cool. I was, we were able to go through that. But during that time, we are in the events – we are as much in the events business as an association. Okay. Because my goal, again, is to help industry leaders have the opportunity – to learn best practices from each other okay through the plant tours yeah and they're able to build their relationships and build their network yeah so it's a place for people to gather together i mean covid was crazy dude now we are a for-profit industry association which is really unique in the space 99.5 percent of the associations out there are nonprofits because they either do lobbying yeah or they do education and certification okay and most of them are structured as a nonprofit. I chose not to go to that route. Actually, I ended up having to go to several attorneys and accountants, and I'm like, is there a law out there somewhere that says that an association's got to be a manufacturer, got to be a nonprofit? 
because I didn't know of any that weren't. Mm-hmm. I'm like, surely oh, yeah. there's I like mean, a I, there's like a regulation out there somewhere, and everybody was like, no, everybody just chooses to. And I'm like, I don't know that I've ever joined an association for the wonderful tax benefit that I get off my $500 membership. Yeah, right. Now we have a nonprofit called Vote with Your Wallet. Okay. Which nice. is educational about consumer products made in Georgia. I like right? that. But I learned how much, <laughs> how tough that was to do a nonprofit because you got to track every penny back to everybody. And I'm not an accountant and yep. I don't want to go to jail. So I was like, we're not going to make this a nonprofit. We're going to keep this as a for profit S Corp. Okay. And that way it's nice and clean because we don't have an agenda other than helping support and grow manufacturing in the state of Georgia, making connections. And we've got a pretty broad tent. We got, Daniel Defense, yeah, and Starbucks, and Dang. it doesn't get much. That's a pretty big spread in a variety of right, ways. Yes, right, and 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 we want to be able to make that comfortable. And if we were in the political realm, now the Georgia Association of Manufacturers, now Roy Bowen's retiring this year. He's a great guy. He has done a fantastic job representing folks in under the Capitol, from what I've been told, because mm-hmm. we don't get into politics, and we've had to keep a kind of an arm's length distance from the Georgia Association of Manufacturers because people by default think that I'm either with the government or associated yep. with it because okay. of what we do. So I got well, to make sure sense. that we're, yeah. we're nice and clean on that. And so people understand that our goal is to make sure that it's, we're making those connections. But, but yeah, man, it was really neat to see how people responded to COVID. Mm. Now circle back around to the COVID yeah, thing. Tell me about that. Man, I was getting phone calls. We were, again, we were killing it. The summit was rocking. Everything was lined up. We were had our schedule full we were booking out a full quarter in advance everything we put on the calendar was selling out and we were putting 40 to 50 people in every event and as soon as i put it on the website it would sell out it was fun so the show was scheduled for the fall right so show was scheduled for the fall and we had a whole year lined up and it was really tough time going from an events business to doing the business of an association and supporting a community i mean we always did that as well but the thing was we weren't able to do events. Yeah. So the day that we had the shutdown and it was turned off, mm-hmm. people were calling me all hours of the night, day, three or four o'clock in the morning. I bet saying, they were. Jason, are we essential? Are we essential? And I was like, because remember they did oh, the no? essential oh, yeah. business, I everybody remember. but the essential businesses. And so I had known Governor Brian Kemp when he was Secretary of State. Yep. Not like we were golfing buddies or anything, but I knew Brian beforehand and, and we had you know, talked several times and I, I called him up and I was like, so Brian, just so you know, not that I got anything in this deal, but people are calling me and asking me, what do I need to tell them? He was like, we're not shutting any manufacturer down in Georgia. Wow. And so these cats were calling me. Yep. And I was saying, go, keep going. Keep the lights on. Keep the machines go turning. Yeah. And, and, and I don't think you're going to have any, <laughs> I don't think you're gonna have any problem. But what, but through the time, really through the toughest part of the, the, the piece, and I called Brian, and I was like, listen, now some people may or may not, call me essential or not but i said just so you know i've started a podcast called manufacturing news network and the only reason that i started that was so that i could plant the flag that i was a media entity yep. and that i was essential i said just so you know i set this up make Staying sure you connected and he was like you're cool you're good to go because he knew what we because it was reaching the community oh yeah and so people were calling. They were freaking out. And I ended up spending several months. We ended up doing two-a-day Zoom calls for the first three weeks. I mean, and packing them out because everybody was like, well, what's this? Mm-hmm. Where, where can I get gloves? Where can I get masks? Am I essential? Can I get shut down? What's the legal piece of it? How are we going to get paid? And I'm like, and I was bringing on lawyers and accountants and anybody that we could. Oh so my. if we ever have another pandemic 
that nobody knows about, we can plug them into that series of Zoom calls, and it will tell them exactly how they can, yeah. <laughs> can walk through it because yeah. we recorded all of those. So so we've wow. got a library of this thing. Yeah. But I, we were working like – it was insane because we were running podcasts and we were doing interviews and we were bringing everybody that we could find yeah. to share accurate information. But we it was cheerleader and coach and counselor. All at the same time. All through From one thing. call to the right. next. And it was the phone was just blowing up. And, and part of our revenue <laughs> comes from doing live meetings. And you can't really charge for a Zoom call. I tried. It didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not trying to be a jerk, but I was like, listen, guys, I I, I, I want to serve you, but I also got to keep the lights on because I didn't. That was before PPP. Yeah, I bring value. Yeah, you bring value. And help me figure out how to do this. And several people came to me, and they were like, don't charge for that. We'll take care of you. And And, and we've got some great support over the years that have filled in the gaps and it has been it's been a blessing to be able to serve that way when people are in such uh turmoil yeah need I mean, yeah there's got to be a rudder calm mm-hmm. spirit somewhere in space and, and it was a challenge for, I, I love a challenge i, I, I wouldn't have guessed <laughs> i like i like playing in a new space but but during that time of course we pivoted i had four full-time employees at 1200 square feet we were rocking it man i was looking on bringing two or three more people on and it was we were growing and we were looking to franchise this out Throughout oh, yeah? the nation, because there's nothing else like this in the country, and so that was the vision that that I saw, and 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 it was moving that way. We had several invitations for people from states for us to come in and give them the model. Oh, cool, yeah. But that wasn't meant to be, yeah. And I'm cool with that, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm like, uh-huh. maybe pump the brakes on that. What do we need to do? And so I had been working on this book called Manufacturing Success in Georgia, and it gave me not a lot of time, but a little time to focus on finishing it up okay there's a whole story behind it we could do two hours on the book because (laughs) cliff notes i had an assistant this company came to me and he said they said we want you to do a book okay because we know that you're point person in georgia to put this thing together and and we'll take care of all the stuff we'll get an author well it'll be a revenue source for gma and it's this is what these guys have done for 32 years. I checked all their references. I did all the due diligence and looked at them. These clean, talked to a ton, ton of folks that they recommended and some that they didn't that okay. had used their services and everybody. It was just like a perfect thing. And I've always – I wanted to write a book, and I'm not a writer, and I'm like, it's probably good as ever. And my assistant said, absolutely not. This is going to distract you from what you're doing. Is that why there's so many pictures in this book? It is an illustrated guy. <laughs> so one of my biggest cheerleaders, Charlie Post, love the guy. It's one of the best dudes on the planet. He's, he, was a, he was a history major and a journalism. Okay. Journalism and was in manufacturing. And he was one of my first guys in GMA, and he just loved what we did. He was—he literally, he, along with a lot of the other guys, had never got up in front of the room and said what they do for a living in huh. the manufacturing space. So the first two years when we kicked this thing off, we were teaching elevator pitches for two years. And these guys were literally shaking, reading their oh my goodness. their name and their company yeah, off a piece of paper. Yeah, but they could run a freaking machine, though, but, boy. <laughs> but after that, you'd take you'd give them the mic, and they wouldn't shut up for 30 minutes. So eventually they grew into it, and that's one of the things Charlie benefited and said he most loved about it. But Charlie said, I told him about it, and he's, man, he said, I'm all over it. He said, we co-write it. I said, would you like to co-write it? Because I wasn't going to take it on because I'm not a writer. Okay. And I said, Charlie, would you be interested? And he's done. We're in whatever we got to do. So he was going to be my co-writer. We'd already laid out all the stuff. And this was in 19. And right after we signed the contract, 
Charlie got diagnosed with cancer. Oh, Charlie. And then he passed. Oh, my goodness. And it was really tough because he was, again, he was probably one of my best cheerleaders ever in GMA. Just a loving dude. He was top one shelf. One of a kind. And, and sometimes you need a pat on the back. And he was always mm-hmm. there for that. Yeah. But but he was like, man, we are all over this thing. And, and it gave him something to do in those next six months. It gave him some energy. It gave him some when, vision. When he was sick. When right. he was down. Because so, he never gave up. Cancer took him, but he didn't lay down for it. So this and, – uh, and yeah, yeah. And so we were going through this thing. And so the book went away. It, it, Charlie was like – when Charlie passed, I was like, I don't know what we're going to do. And, he, and after he passed – I had, we had COVID and all this other stuff kicking, and I, I had put it on park. Now, this company said that what they are going to do is they are going to go out and they were going to get sponsors for the book and to have, so that the companies could have an inclusion in the book to tell their history, yeah, which okay. makes sense. That's logical. I got you. And I had never partnered with another company. I had never shared GMA. I would never shared – I still don't. We don't share emails, phone numbers contact information we don't give anybody any list and there's a directory online and they post their information if they want it public but but i introduced them to a handful of folks that i thought would be a good fit yep they went out and sold hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of ads and february 12th i got a letter in the mail that company had filed for bankruptcy oh and they had taken all the money and had not produced the book no dude february 12th of 2020 2020 what a horrible time. As we were going into the train wreck. And so you get Gulfstream with a big mm-hmm. old fat check. And some of the other guys that were excited about the project yep. and committed money to it. I got a letter from Governor Kemp saying this is the greatest thing in the world. You guys ought to be participating in it. And all those endorsements, my credibility was on the line. It was – and no everybody way. said that company – we were on the phone with – lawyers from big companies that oh, listening to the bankruptcy thing and they're like they got this thing wrapped up let's just walk away from it everybody said just walk away from it jason just you learned a lesson a very valuable lesson with our money and mm-hmm. i'm like i'm still gonna do it i gotta figure out a way to yep. do it okay. so what what you're holding in your hand there that book came out of my back pocket i was like there was no money all the money was gone we weren't getting any of it back i'm like but I said we were going to do a book, and by damn, we're going to do a book. Yeah. And after Charlie oh. had passed, they had hired a, a co-writer to help do the background, Diane Dent. She was a history – she's actually an English teacher down in Middle Georgia College. Okay. And awesome. had done already done a book on Georgia history, but uh-huh. they hadn't paid her a penny. Ah. Uh-huh. And she had already had it about 70% written. And she was like, I was told I was going to be the author on it. Yeah. And they were going to pay me, neither of which has come true. And I'm like, I was told you were going to be a ghostwriter. <laughs> oh, my god! And that they had paid you, right? Dang. And I was like, so I, so we, both of us were like really cautious to even talk to each other. Oh, yeah. Because I they bet. had already burnt her and burnt me. And I'm like, she's like, I got this book half written and we're going, I, I'm going to publish it. And I'm like, you ain't going to use that freaking name because I got that copyrighted. Mm. But we ended up being great friends and we talked through it and we was like, this thing just needs to happen. Yeah. Now this, again, this was supposed to be a revenue source. <laughs> yeah. So those folks that you see there all committed to the concept and wrote checks and we're not, and we're expecting to get books and be published and all the stuff. And all of them said, Jason, 
it's COVID and our world is coming apart, we're completely cool with you, and it's fine if you just delete the project, just cancel it. Yeah. And I'm like, thank you. Each one of them individually said yep. it is cool. Just let it go. And I'm like, I can't because I told you I was going to do it, and I'm going to do it. So we ended up doing it. We didn't pub, we didn't print as many books as we had initially planned. And these are names. If you have the book, uh, you can. Yeah. And you've already said of Gulfstream. Mm-hmm. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Kia. I mean, and you don't let those cats down. You know. And had I no. You and don't. they were they were okay. And they were like, it's okay. It's bankruptcy. We as big businesses have all gone through that. They didn't see it on you. They saw it on the vendor. But I was still affiliated with yeah. it because I made the introduction and right, opened the right, door right. and set the project up. But I'm like, it's going to happen anyway. We're going we're to do it. And uh, so I saddled up, said a lot of prayers, and it turned out. And I was like, this is what we're going to do. In lieu of me sending you cases of books, what we're going to do is we're going to do some live promotion. So I went and bought this 32-foot RV. And I wrapped it. Okay, called, raise your hand if right. you're surprised that Jason's <laughs> riding around in an RV. So I wrapped this thing, and the title of the book, if you look it up, you go to Manufacturing Success in Georgia. So Manufacturing Success in Georgia is all over this RV, and I set it up to be a, a studio inside the RV. Nice, okay. And so we were part of my give back because, again, I'm not going to print a thousand extra books to just hand out. That was part of what those guys had paid for in their sponsorship packet. But I said, I'll, I'll do, give you some digital support. Now, the book is about Georgia's manufacturing history, and it goes from Eli Whitney and the Cotton Gin to the latest and greatest Gulfstream nice. and everything in between. Holy cow. And lots of pictures. Again, I'm a big picture guy. Yeah, I needed uh, them. Lots of pictures. And so what we did was we ended up kicking the tour off, and we spent two months, June and July of last year, on the road out visiting a lot of the companies that, were, that I had listed in the book. And the first place we start, started at was a company called Lummis. And Lummis is down in Savannah, and they manufacture. They're the world's leader in cotton gin manufacturers still to this day. So if you've got something on your body that's made of cotton, the odds are that cotton came through a Lummis cotton gin. How are you spelling Lummis? L-U-M-M-I-S. Okay. All right. And so we kicked the tour off down at Lummis in Savannah, and then we toured all around the state. We ended up seeing some really cool places. One of the places we stopped at that was not in the book, had I known them before, we wrote Stuckey's, would have been in there. So yeah. Stephanie Stuckey has she's been. She's really all over LinkedIn. Oh, man. She I is, mean, she is just wearing it out. But she wasn't in the book. But while we were out, it just happened to work out that we stopped by her factory and visited with her and, and learned Where a little bit about located? the Stuckey story. It's in central Georgia. Uh, Did you get one of those pecan logs? <sighs> I got too many of them. <laughs> <laughs> those are, I grew up on those things, man. Those are wonderful. Those are awesome. Um, but she's doing a great job. Again, telling the story of manufacturing. All of the interviews that I did in the RV, if you go to Manufacturing Success in Georgia, you can see the history. And you go back in and listen to when we went to Kia. I went and sat down, pulled the RV up at Kia's factory, yep. parked out in the parking lot. Stuart Countess came out. We sat down. We interviewed and just shot the breeze for about 15, 20 minutes. And we were going live when we did it. We were going live on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube all at the same time. Oh, brand. from the RV! Now, from the RV, as long as there was good internet connection, right. we were going live. Most of them turned out pretty good. Some of them was a little sketchy. And by the end, I had figured out most of what I needed to know. But it was—it's been really fun seeing that process. What do you do when t- time is tough? And right now, we've decided that we're not going to do another trade show this year. Okay. Twenty-two. We're just not—we're not geared for it because. 
we're not in a position where we can stop and start. It takes about a year to put a good show together. There's a company out of the UK that reached out to me, and they're hosting in uh, June 8th and 9th the Greener Manufacturing Show. Okay. And it's going to be at the Cobb Gallery. So you're partnering with somebody so to do a show. So we partner with them to do this show. And anybody that's interested in the latest technology, what the processes are, what's going on, uh, it's free to attend the exhibit hall. And then there's a conference. It's a two-day conference, and they got speakers from all over. Okay. Actually, I was able to get Stuart Countess, the CEO of Kia. He's going to be the kickoff for the manufacturing oh, nice. uh, group of it. So yeah. really, it was a win for everybody because Kia's got some really great sustainability programs, and especially with all the electrification of the automotive industry. Yep. But it's really neat to be able to allow you know, your Kia that platform. You know, yeah. come in and talk. Well, but we've yeah. got several of our GMA members that have got booths, and I've got a couple booths still left, depending on the timing when this thing, when this, when you're able to listen to this podcast, all the information is on our website, georgiamanufacturingalliance.com, and go under the events page. But June 8th and 9th, Fastenal is one of our companies. Fastenal and Ambrel and Coastal Solar and TRC Staffing. Okay. Yeah. Been a long time member of GMA. They've got a, they got kind of division in the sustainability piece. So it's really, really yeah. So place you know, groups that I wouldn't have quite connected with, thinking that the the sustainability piece. But these guys jumped all over as soon as they saw it is available. Very interesting. So we're trying to figure out how to support and partner with this group yep. to make sure that we get the sustainable message out. Because people are, and most of the people, man, I have seen now. Again, we're not going to share that, but I have seen the registration for the attendee list. And it is off the chart. Top exec from lots of companies. Gotcha. You know, Boeing's and Apple's and a lot. And and we've got people on the speaker lineup. We've got folks from Cargill and Kimberly-Clark and Shell and, you know. Dang. Just all over the map, dude. And people will be coming from all over the U.S. and some from across the pond coming into this event. So this is an event not to miss. Okay, and not Um, to miss You can attend and see the exhibit hall for free you can attend the breakout session it's a full conference gma members and friends and family have a special you know pricing for if you want to attend the conference let us know we'll work something out on that where do they find that Uh, it's all online yeah georgiamanufacturingalliance.com under the events page gotcha gotcha but but that's where we're at right now you know where where we see the future we're just still figuring out ways to help support and grow the manufacturing community i've started and, and this is the first time i've publicly announced that i've oh that bring I, it yeah that we put together for years people have asked me to put together an executive roundtable a mastermind for Ooh, manufacturing leaders yeah. and we beta tested it back last year did a little six-month run handful of guys again names of companies that you would be familiar with top of the top uh, came in and, and stepped in and, and sampled it out and it we just had another meeting last night and it was amazing i don't back down for too much setting up the executive level conversation yeah. because i'm like i've never run a factory what do i know about that and but there was so much demand for it over the years that i reached out and i actually hired a coach that coaches influencers on how to put together executive masterminds really so there's a talking about niche man that's pretty yeah, niche. this niche. guy is a master and and he sat down with me and he's like listen it's not about you it's not about what you bring to the table you have the opportunity and the platform to allow these other guys all you do is just moderate and yeah. i love to moderate i'm pretty good at it I yeah think. i think so and so so we just pitched it out there you pitch out a topic and you well, have a conversation in everything you do it's real 
it, it's almost cheating. Jason, you're almost cheating. Because what are you doing? You're saying, hey, Mr. Manufacturer, Mrs. Manufacturer, tell me about your most important thing. And it's right. this. And that's what you're telling. Yeah. And yeah. we do that at the bank. Right. Hey, look. We're 48 minutes yeah. in. I said, yeah. hey, tell me about Georgia Manufacturing Alliance. <laughs> then I just, you run. Yeah. That, the, the, that's what I've learned through my career where I've only called on businesses. Mm-hmm. Tell me what's going on in your business. Yep. And then you sit back and you listen. Yep. And that's moderating this mastermind group or whoever it is. Let them talk about what they know, what they've learned, mm-hmm. what they're doing. And you just soak it in. You just soak it in. Yeah. These guys, man, what they learn from each other, it is just fun. We're seeing major numbers changing on their bottom line from the conversations that are had in the room we've helped there's one that there was a possibility that they were going to be closing down production lines oh. a couple thousand people about Dang. to be sent to the house because things weren't working out i made a few phone calls not that now again one of those gifts i was thankful that i had the opportunity to be in that spot i opened up a few conversations avoided that catastrophe and kept those people at work that would have not been and i was like wow that is cool it is cool because i keep asking i keep asking i'm like am i at the right place am i doing what you want me to do am i using the tools and it's a pretty good story sometimes pretty good validation sometimes it works out you know (laughs) and and that man shows up at the (laughs) you know the registrations on a few things and i continue to be appreciative of that yeah but But, if you ever start taking for granted it'll go the other way oh man yeah, and, and if you ever believe your own press, it definitely goes the other mm-hmm. way because I know all this has been a gift, right? It is. But this mastermind thing, I'm really that is I'm in my groove in that space yeah. because I'm able to because I was I've been looking for ways to how do I impact and influence and 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 assist at a higher level than mm-hmm. I have been through GMA. I'm gonna continue to keep GMA going. We're well, you have a team, right? Right. You have a yeah. team that that does that in their mm-hmm. geographies. You have Northeast. Right. You have right. Gwinnett. You have Northwest. Mm-hmm. They can do what you've yep. taught them to do, help them to learn, and now you take your influence mm-hmm. really to a higher level, right? Oh, yeah. So we're cool. looking at opening up a new group in that mastermind. Mm-hmm. So we're looking for, and we're very specific. It's got to be executive leaders of successful manufacturers that have a mindset for growth Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. are open to share and interested in learning. Is there like a revenue? Yes. It's it's much like a, very much like a Vistage. So it's an annual deal. And no, is there a revenue qualifier too? So could it be a a $4 million a year manufacturer up to a billion dollar? Yeah. It's 10 and above. 10 and above. Yeah. 10 and above is the target. Uh, Because at, at that point they also, They've got a big enough team that we're talking about leadership. Right. You, you know. got other C-suite, you right. know, executives in. You got right. a COO, CIO, maybe CFO, yeah. for example, and they're leading other senior leaders within their organization. Mm-hmm. So it's not just the guy that's on the floor making things run. It's an executive that is influencing the floor through a team of people. It's, it's it, And it's very similar to Vistage. You know, again, I, and R&D means Robin Disguise. <laughs> This <laughs> how that works out. But you know, Vistage has been very successful internationally, and we've seen the model that works. Some of the things that I've gotten feedback from some of my executive leaders is we want something specific to manufacturers. Yeah. Only manufacturers right. in the room because Dang. it's beneficial to know, to see how a restaurant grows or a dry cleaner grows. But if a manufacturer is worried about getting liquid nitrogen, they don't care what the menu looks like. That's right. Or the latest cleaning agent. Correct. They want to know. Yeah. From a manufacturer's well, vantage, it's a tight niche. Yeah. 
Yeah, and they have the connectivity that you talked about. Now, look, I need to respect your time. Yeah. We're gonna we, we need to bring this thing in for landing. But I, I'd be remiss if I didn't go here for a minute. What types of manufacturers benefit from joining your organization? Mm-hmm. All of them? From mom and pop machine shops because we got everything from mom and pop machine shop to Gulfstream to Kia. So it's all over the map. Small to mid-sized manufacturers learn and benefit from different parts of the organization. Sometimes we have HR leaders. Sometimes we have continuous improvement folks. Okay. Sometimes we have safety people in the companies. For sure. And so we have a wide variety of events and trainings to support each department in the manufacturer, but also a variety of different size manufacturers. Okay. So Kia might need to get some parts made or get some equipment and some tooling or whatever. Yep. That machine shop can then get connected to, to fill those needs back and forth. And it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah, it is. And I think that you're a master at making connections. You're connecting people one with another to help the entire community, business community in the state of Georgia. I'm thinking about our chamber in Hall County we typically do a Hall County Day at the Capitol when they're in session, mm-hmm. and we bring products that are made or manufactured yep. in Hall County, and we put them on all the senators' and representatives' desks, and it's a big day. Oh, yeah. And I sort of think about that as the Georgia, Manu- Georgia Manufacturing Alliance. What are the Georgia products that we're doing? I'd, right. I'd also be remiss if I didn't just take an opportunity to say not only thank you for joining us today and sharing the story but also, I, I sort of got to wedge in there the fact that it's we at Regions in our commercial, we have a, a big appetite to grow relationships with the manufacturers. Oh, absolutely. I'm real selective of who we allow to be members of GMA. Two mm-hmm. things. One is Regions, the name stands for itself. It's been engaged in the Thank community, you. which helps a lot. Lots of manufacturers are very familiar. And Justin. Yeah, that dude, man, he is as sharp as they come. So yeah, I thank you for saying that. he is a good one. So I am thrilled to be able to to know that he is one of the point people for regions to to be representing regions inside of GMA, and because yeah. we need folks like that, because he is man, that guy is sharp. He's really good. And, and as we roll these things out, it's everything. I mean, people don't realize that, believe it or not, we're we're one of the most effective import export bank lenders in the nation. Mm-hmm. You don't think about that coming out of Birmingham, but we do a lot of the the. XM stuff. We do some working capital with SBA, which is very important for importers, exporters. We know manufacturing. If I think about the the clients that we have in our book of business, boy, we could talk about it forever, couldn't we? It's something that we're strong at. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because of the roots of the bank. Yeah, think yeah. about the steel industry in Birmingham and understanding something crazy, UCA cash flow. Do we really understand the connectivity between your AR days turn and your AP days. You're, you're, if do you have cash right out there that you don't even realize you have? Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to go into underwriting yeah. and geek everybody right. out. <laughs> but just thank you for welcoming Justin. Thank you yeah. for welcoming Regions. We're very happy to support, be involved, help in any way that we can. And if we can continue to work together, we'd absolutely welcome yeah. that. And and two. Just thanks for being a great new friend. I love your energy, and if we can help anybody in any way, please let us know. In closing, Mm -hmm. we had mentioned earlier, I just, I want to honor him. You have, um, what is it called, Legends of Manufacturing? Yes, during our summit, we created an awards program. We found that babies cry for it, men die for it. Just a little praise and recognition in the manufacturing community gets overlooked by that a lot. And Partnership and Growing It does a good job. 
very – But yeah. on, a, on a statewide level, it's kind of missing. And so we, we included that in, in part of our, our summit. And we didn't recognize the company, but we recognized the people of manufacturing. Right? Yeah. So it's a little different spin on it. And and one of the one of my heroes, Mr. Gus Whalen. Yeah. A feather bone. Before I started GMA back in two thousand eight, I went to him and asked him took him to lunch and said, This is what I'm thinking about doing. What do you recommend? Yeah. I I d I, I didn't want to make sure I wasn't running into a you know, hornet's nest. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know. But also I, I knew that there was more that needed to be done in the community and he, he embraced me and he told me he he gave me some suggestions that have have played out well over the years and I'm really thankful. When I think of manufacturing his picture comes to mind, I and mean, he's just a as good a guy as there ever was on the planet. I just but love Gus. without a doubt. And and after he passed, we presented his his wife and his family the Legends of Manufacturing Award, yeah. and it was the first first one of those we'd ever done. We created that for Gus. So Gus, deserving. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I can remember my young banker days visiting with Gus, and he started the Communiversity up mm-hmm. in Gainesville, and I would imagine that his influence is much broader than we know. And he's I bring him up because he's an example of the people that are involved with your organization there are people today running companies that will be the legends of manufacturing i have to i'm sorry we see a resurgence of american manufacturing to take on onshoring bringing manufacturing back into america so we don't have to rely on ships coming across the absolutely ocean we're seeing it today every manufacturer that i know has got 10 to 25 percent labor need above what's there today yeah it will come yeah. back it will come back smarter and more efficient because we're going to have to bring it back through automation yes because we need to there's only so many bodies on the planet and there's sure enough so many bodies in georgia yeah and we got to make sure that they're doing most effective use of their time so we're going to be bringing a ton of that back Amen. it's already coming back we've already it. seen you know the covid did a great thing for exposing hiccups and and, and weakness in our supply chain okay yeah that's fair. <clears throat> so we found it we get better as a result right. of it for and sure we'll make it better yep yeah that's well thank you what a great new friendship jason we appreciate you personally we appreciate georgia manufacturing alliance corporately and uh, enjoyed spending today with you thank been you so great, much man. i sure appreciate your time this has been regions business radio i'm your host jd Mealer. We look forward to having you again with us in the future. And don't forget, go by and see your local regions branch wherever you are.